having a smoke outside the cup. in there anyway. Too many people packed on top of each other. You know what it's like to be depressed and running low on the one thing that keeps you going? Most of the times you're out of energy, sitting belly up in the sun like a flip turtle, trying to roll yourself back over, but you can't quite work up the momentum to get up, to do things. The world seems loud and harsh, and that one comfort that kept you from getting ground up in the daily grind, it, it's gone. But it's the only thing you can think about. And that's what it's like. Anxiety you've put off dealing with comes down on you like a ton of bricks because a lot like the debts that my dad quietly accrued, that stuff piles up. But it never goes anywhere. My belly floats like the ferry boats, docking, rocking to a halt. My belly screeching like the ferry boats, either coming or going to a halt for 25 minutes. Screeching, grumbling. My belly floats like the ferry boats, docking, rocking to a halt. Screeching, grumbling, either coming or going, but for 25 minutes, daydreaming, rocking to a halt. Screeching, grumbling, either coming or going. But for 25 minutes, daydream is priceless. If you've ever met anyone with an emotional dependency on marijuana, you're likely to recognize that mellowed out, lukewarm energy they bring to everything. It doesn't take a lot to entertain us. We're generally contented, even in really bad situations. And it's because there's a dial somewhere in there that we've turned all the way down. Never, ever go to that dial because it hurts too much. Much like someone who drinks like a madman, whatever that person's going through, you just kind of leave them to it because what they're using to cope is probably a hell of a lot cheaper than the kind of therapy they need. <sighs> I wish that weren't true. This whole night makes me kind of want to drink. I wish I had my ID already so I can drink while I wait for your brother to get here. My tension headaches came back. Nothing I've tried works, not even the migraine medicine. And stuff like that, at work, it makes it so hard to focus on people all day long, you know? At school, it's even worse, because there's nowhere to run in lecture. It's like two to three hours of undivided attention. Holy hell. I'm having this bad day at work recently. Ladies bought a king's ransom of salted butter, left half of them on our countertop to spoil while cooking, and then tried to return them. This is the nutty shit I deal with every day. I swear to God. And the thing that got to me the most was that she wanted to be petty about $5 worth of spoiled dairy. When I was wondering if I'd be left over $5 in my paycheck after this week and taxes. Life comes at you fast when you're suddenly at the other end of a double income household. And this woman wants to take out all three decades of her unfulfilling marriage on me. So, I left work not too much later, body finally unclenching, looking forward to eking out every ounce of THC I possibly could from the stale nugget I'd stashed in a stock in my Doc Martens. But then I come home to discover that Ma's smoked the rest of what I had tucked in my boot, has proceeded to smoke the very resin out of my pipe, washed it, and placed it out to dry on my windowsill. Like she was doing me 
favor. To say that I wanted to cry was an understatement. I don't like the process of buying more weed, ever. It's awkward. There's always the looming possibility of being arrested, and sometimes you know for a fact that what you're buying isn't California's dankest, but more like Dogan Hill's basement dankest. That safety blanket, though. I'd hope to hold off on re-upping from your brother for a while, and I guess besides the overall weirdness of a drug deal, that takes some explaining. We both know that Dimitri Halchuk has never been the name that's given anyone the warm fuzzies, right? But we've all definitely seen less of him since, you know. We all try to get him out from time to time, but business has really been picking up for him in your mom's basement, and he'd rather spend time doing that. I mean, I get it. He's helping your mom pay mortgage, and your dad looks the other way since his back injury. Whatever. But it's been a different vibe without you here. I think your folks really miss you. And in doing so... Maybe they really miss the signs of your brother going in a bad direction. I worry about him, selling more than just grass. If he got caught up in harder business, that'd be pretty sad. Especially with how bad the opioids got out here. Look, I know you're gone, and I don't believe in this reaching you in some afterlife, but it does kind of suck telling you about this stuff about your brother. We all used to chill together. You remember that? In that gross, mossy basement with the Bob Marley tapestries and the grimy black light. We used to get blazed and play N64 all day long. We were like 14, 15, and Timo was still in his 20s, part of that band Deep End. Man, Deep End. That brings me back. You remember that one summer they emptied out your parents' pool and Dima sliced his lip open performing Walk the Plank on the broken diving board? And he didn't stop bleeding for like half an hour, but he played out the entire set. We all thought he would pass out before the last song, and I just remember you pulling him out of there and shoving his face into a frozen bag of dumplings. I'll never forget that. I'm pretty sure they made that song Dumpling Mad because of that night. It was hard to keep up with you two sometimes. It's a good thing you had a better head on your shoulders than most. Weird how you were the youngest. It was always you pulling us out of mosh pits bloodied. Remember that one time you yanked me out just in time by my backpack from the front center row? I was six inches away from getting kicked in the face that time. That would have been a hell of a shiner. And the one time I did get a shiner at the Richmond Nights show, you were there with a can of Miller for my face right away. Man, that night sucked. That wasn't even a mosh injury. Just some drunk dude trying to skank and falling over. Just my luck. And just yours, huh? You survive what you did 5,000 miles away just to come home and die in your parents' garage? It's... This gets hard to talk about. So, let's not. Is it selfish to wish you hadn't done what you did? Or to be hurt? Or mad at you a little? Would that be unfair? Does it make me a bad friend for not doing something for you sooner? You know, I'd have greeting card answers for all of these questions, I guess, if I went to go see Rachel more often. But I'm not going to do that. She creeps me out. The whole thing creeps me out. I hate the concept of paying someone to be my friend, to listen to me. I have dead friends for that. So 
smoke instead. And I call you, and I leave you voicemails. Anyway, your bro's recent string of friends and hangabouts have been a little weirder than those band groupies of old. I try to avoid them now, but he's gotten a little sketchier too, if that makes sense. Maybe sketchy's not the right word? Maybe lonely, more closed off, harder to get in touch with than usual? Needy? In some ways, seeing him when he's by himself is kind of worse. It hurts, because you're pretty much the glue that kept us all together. It's harder to find things to talk to him about that actually keep his interest for longer than 30 seconds. But given all of that, I sent him a last-minute Hail Mary kind of Friday night text to see if he was around. And uh, about an hour ago, he said he was. So here I am, just kind of sitting around at the cup waiting for Demon to get here. And I'm running dangerously low to my last nerve, and I don't think I can stand much more of this incessant cranial pain. Wow, that might be him now. Son of a bitch, he's around. Well, uh, I gotta go. I'll take you inside with me for a sec so you can hear the music. For all time's sake. Here you go. the kitten 